And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast where we get high on romance, buzzed on laughter, and absolutely baked on love. We're your hosts. I'm Mia. <laughs> and I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-coms is a rom-com review podcast where each week, me and I scroll through copious amounts of internet smut, looking for the answer <laughs> to the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is a very talented comedian and photographer, and if he was in a rom-com, he'd be a photographer in New York whose life gets turned upside down when his middle school crush barges back into his life after 20 years, telling him that she changed into a 30-year-old overnight and needs his help saving her magazine. You guys, it's the one and only Greg Wallace! Hello! Hi! I want that. I want that scenario to happen. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Mark <laughs> Ruffalo in 13 Going on 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A yeah, very huge okay. character, Greg. Great. I'll take it. <laughs> Speaking of characters that are you like you, Greg, um, we're going to barrel on into our next segment called Which Rom-Com Hero Slash Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. <gasps> Oh, gosh. You know, I I can start us <laughs> off this week. Um, uh, I think, okay, so this week I'm channeling uh, Sandra Bullock's character from The Proposal, whose name is... Uh, no, I don't do you remember. Know, do you remember? I don't. No, that's, it's a weird one. I don't Lucy remember. Lucy Mary it. Amber. Um, really? Oh, no, no. We're, you're just, we're just I'm listing just, I'm the just, classic yeah. American names from the time I'd look period. it up. I'd look up her name on my phone, but you guys, oh. my phone <laughs> died, and no. that's why I'm channeling this character this week, because like uh, Sandra Bullock's character in The Proposal, uh, Margaret Tate. Uh, yeah. Margaret Tate. Oh my God. Thank <laughs> you. Greg, uh, you're a new honorary host of the show. Um, <laughs> Margaret Tate, um, uh, like there's this really funny scene where... Uh, like an eagle swoops down or like a hawk swoops down and steals her phone and then she doesn't have her phone anymore and she has a panic attack um, because that's her whole <laughs> life. Uh, you know, half of her identity is her phone um, and what she can do with it. And um, my phone died on me this morning and I, everything went to shit. Oh I didn't God. realize how much I needed it. And I was half an hour late to every single appointment I had today. No. I oh, wow. didn't, I like had to like study all the routes on my computer and then try to like get there without getting lost. And it was just such a mess. And when I was late, I couldn't tell the people that I was going to meet that I was going to be late because I don't have my phone and I don't oh even God. have my computer. And so it was just like a day of disappointing people and being late. And, um, oh my God, that's the worst. And it was just like, I just like was patient with myself. And I was like, you know what? There's nothing you can do. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, after this, I'm going to go to the AT&T store. So, uh, oh my God, <laughs> going to go get a new phone. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry if I, I'm so reliant on my phone for everything. I would, yeah, I, I would be completely dysfunctional. I, without I, it. I don't know how to get 
anywhere in the city without a, a map or a ways or something like that. Yeah. It, I'm famous for never understanding what highway I'm on. Uh, it's crazy. I thought, I don't even know what exits I exit on. And these are exits I exit on like <laughs> on a regular basis. Like every, like every, I'm going to appointments that I go to every week and it's like, Oh man. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a wake up call for me trying to get more in touch wow. with, um, you know, myself and nature and like Margaret, um, like Margaret, like Margaret and um, Ryan Reynolds. So, you know, that's that's who I'm channeling this week. Um, Mia, who are you channeling? Um, okay, so I'm channeling um bit of a bit of a cheat day, but it's just true. And it's the best <laughs> example we have at our fingertips. I'm channeling Seth Rogen from the rom-com Knocked <laughs> Up, Ben Stone's character. Um, because I'm having a little bit of a growing up day. Uh, yesterday, Ooh. yesterday I've had like a really fun, I had a really fun June where it's like I traveled, I was in a wedding, it was like all fun me time. Um, uh, I mean, I did get sick, but other than that, it was all fun me time. And then getting sick, I was like, I'm not going to do anything while I'm sick. So, um, so it's been, it was like a, it was like a pretty chill time and it's like now we're in July guys and like stuff is moving, <laughs> stuff is happening. It's like, I have to get more serious and that's on, it's in all aspects of my life, but in two major ones, which is one, I had to go to the dentist which I <gasps> oh, do God. not like to do. God, and, I haven't uh, been to the dentist in years. Exactly, because it's awful, right? Like it is so bad. It is so bad. And I, love, I love going to the dentist. No, I mean, I, mean I, I, I go. Are you serious? I mean, I go. I go a couple times a year, two or three yeah. times a year, and I actually really like my dentist a lot. Right Wait, now. who's your dentist? Who's yeah, your he's dentist? Who's your parents' dentists? <laughs> he, no, he's in. My parents are not dentists, and he's in Glendale. And he, this is the first time that I've ever found a dentist who I like really like, and like we have a conversation while he's in my mouth. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah, it, uh, he's a cool guy. Okay, we're oh going to switch to your dentist. Gosh, yeah, Greg, I'm going to hit you up for your dentist after this because I'm so scared to go. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I hate to admit this because I'm an adult woman <laughs> in the world and it ruined my entire day, you guys. It oh, my God. Yeah. It was so expensive. It was, okay, All none of it makes any sense. Okay, first of all, it was three hours. <laughs> I just wow. got a cleaning. The whole That's round trip. Movies. Round trip, it was three hours, which I was like, and I was trying to be really positive about it, right? I was like, great, got my dentist appointment, gonna go to the dentist, gonna come back. Um, it and the and they were, it started off so good. Like it was at Kaiser, which you guys know how much I love Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> and so I go in, and they offered. They were like, they were like, the woman was so personable. I had I had like multiple people, my dental hygienist. Um, and they, uh, she was like, oh, we have, we, they had like options. They were like, you can have a pillow, you can have a blanket, you can have a stress ball. And I was like, I definitely would like a stress ball because when they're scraping my gums, I don't feel good. So, um. So it turned out really good. And then it was like they took a bunch of x-rays. And then afterward, they were like, um, oh, yeah, those x-rays are expensive. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's one of those things at doctor's offices, you know, where you have things done. And then you're like, wait, I'm sorry. Did I need to have that done? How mm -hmm. much? Yes. Does, like, what about my insurance? And then it was one of those things where it's like, I just feel like like cleanings swindled. are free and you just feel swindled specifically by dentists no offense to yes. dentists but like every dentist in LA on their Yelp review page it's like everyone's entitled to a free cleaning through their dental insurance but every dentist like on Yelp has like this thing where they trick you into getting like an intense cleaning that's not the standard cleaning and it's a whole thing and it was like I so it's like this this was happening and then they had this woman whose job it is to print out the breakdown and come and give it to me and explain my benefits which are horrible they were and I don't even care 
care. That's the worst part. I don't even care about the price. It's the emotional toll of being like, can I take care of my teeth? And then having people like be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people be like, no. Uh, and I don't care. I'll pay. It was only it was like $100. That's fine. I'll pay. I like my teeth. I care about them. It's more of just like the emotional. It's like a primal emotional wound in me dealing with the American health insurance um, like um, complex. So my dentist is my best friend. Um, <laughs> told me uh, he told me something that I didn't know, but uh, he told me that uh, during election years, after elections, um, they have like an uptick of of people coming in because people grind their teeth so much yeah. out of stress during the election. So during the pandemic, he's just like, my business is booming right now, and everyone's coming in with cracked teeth and like ground grind grinded up teeth and stuff like that. Oh and I God. have to give everybody like a mouth guard um, because. Everyone is so stressed out. Oh and my I god! Didn't, I didn't know that I thing about elections. Guard. You got him. Yeah, I bought uh, a mouth guard in like November. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a mouth guard in November. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, um, that's crazy. Maybe yeah. I that, wow. that wow, that's crazy that that is correct. Also, anyway, now I want to uh, know all the conversations you have with your dentist. Yeah. We, talk, we talk a lot about politics and yeah, just elections, <laughs> just elections in general. All just whatever elections are going on, <laughs> <laughs> just elections and teeth. Um, and basically anyways, it, and it doesn't even matter. It's just more the confusing nature of it. It was, and then I felt bad cause then they felt bad. It was like the hygienist, the dentist and the finance woman. It's like, you can tell we all feel bad cause this doesn't work for anybody. And it was just like, so sad. The whole situation was so sad. Well, they definitely, I, they definitely upsell you on, um, or not upsell you, but they definitely get you on the x-rays because I, last time I went to the dentist, like I'd seen them like a month earlier and I was like, my teeth have not changed in a month. And he's like, we still got to do more x-rays, man. So every yeah. time you go in, they get you with an x-ray. Yeah. And it's Ugh. just like the lack of knowledge. It's just, a whole, it was a whole thing. Anyways, it just like really wore me out. And so I like, I had so many like adulting things I needed to do yesterday and they all felt insurmountable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do anything. I felt like such a failure. I was so exhausted. I was like, I can't do anything with my life. And then today you guys, I woke up. I am like a machine. I had a giant to-do list and I am like, and I was like, there's no way I'll get it done in time. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. She got all of it done by like 2 PM. And then I'm just like, okay, sorry, Doug, let's go to the dog park, I guess. Cause we've got free time. Um, and so it's like, I'm Seth Rogen because it's like, things are hard for him. You know, he doesn't want to grow up. He's like in the house with his friends. That's me in June. And then he has like something hard happen that challenges him. And he's like, I want to do this. I want to go back to my, my, my man child ways. And then he's like, I get an apartment. I read the books. <laughs> I do everything. And then he's like, I want to be home at 8 PM and go to bed instead of the club. And yeah, so that's me. So I'm cleaning and I'm very, cl- and I'm also very organized right now. So I've organized a lot of things. I'm working with my dog on a separation anxiety, which is really tricky to do. Greg, as you know, Yeah. and um, and I feel like I'm I'm sort of like prepared for the baby. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. I don't know. Like, no, but you know what I mean. Um, so that's why I'm channeling. Uh, Greg, who are you channeling this week? Well, I I, um, I had I have an idea of who I think is I'm channeling, but I, I'm more excited to hear you who you guys think I'm channeling. Ooh, OK. This Ooh. Week because you offered up uh the option to let you guys diagnose. Yes, our service. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, a, a little bit very similar to what you said, like, uh, this week. Well, I feel like I'm coming out of the, like, everything sucked phase of mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then this week has just been, like, very good. Like, yesterday, I did, I did a ton of 
positive things. Like I went from uh, the gym straight to the chiropractor, got him to work on my back and got like my pinched nerve all fixed up. Mm. I was feeling hot. I called my, I called a barbershop while I was laying <laughs> on the bed with this massage thing underneath me at the chiropractor. And I was like, are you guys open? I'm just going to swing by there. Got my first haircut in like <laughs> eight months or <laughs> however long, uh, like uh, bought some new like conditioner that's good for curly hair or something like that. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Came back and like did a bunch of productive stuff at my house and then worked out again and then like put on a face cream. So I felt like I really nailed yesterday. And then I woke up and I still feel good about today and everything like that. But I think like coming out of the weekend and stuff like that, I was just a long six months of like, oh, this sucks. Kind of like, you know, I'm yes. just waiting for good stuff to start to happen. And I think good stuff they are starting to happen. I'm, I feel like rejuvenated and revived. I don't know. Who, who am I? <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, wait, Ali, should we say it at the same time? I'm, uh, do you know? Uh, do, uh, um, yeah, I have two. I have two. Okay. Can we say our first one at the same time? And can we say it like blank in blank blank? Okay. I just want to see if it's the same. Blank in blank blank. Like that. Like that's the format. We'll be like, you're channeling blank from blank blank. Okay. Is that too much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no I got it. I got it. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay. So let's just see <laughs> if this is a good idea. Okay. Ready? Okay, great. Okay. okay. So I'll go one. Two, 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 three, three. Share for Brenner in <laughs> forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Did you say share? Oh my god, Sharon oh Moonstruck. Yes. Oh my god, you're so yes. right. I mean, it is like particular, just like everything you're saying about your hair, Greg. But wait, oh, okay. he is right. definitely. I mean, you know, wait, Brenner is pretty good, but Cher is so much better. It's, it's just like because it was a really hard time for Cher in Moonstruck. It, it was. was like a, a big it sucked time. She's like gonna marry this very boring man because it's just sucked for so long, and then yeah. And then she meets Nicolas Cage, who is an insane person. <laughs> but it awakens in her um, a hunger and a desire to take care of herself in a way she hasn't in a long time. And then okay. she like okay. goes, she and goes shopping and gets her hair done, and it's curly. Oh, nice. and, and yeah, and it's a she gets a great new haircut. Oh man, yeah. But what, you what nailed it, Mia. That's oh my god, no, no, no. Thank That's, you. You, you're right. It's thank you. you. Yeah. I mean, it was Greg, so, your share. Your share, okay. your share, okay. which is a great one. It was better than the one that I thought. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, and I didn't even know if this qualifies as a rom com, but uh, Jesse Eisenberg in Adventureland, the moment like <gasps> oh. he has that kind of like emotional switch from like working this job kind of sucks to like he scoots over next to Kristen Stewart and the fireworks go off and Hey Now starts playing and like <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the summer is great and. That's what my life is going to be the rest of the summer. Man, wow. I love is that, a that movie. Is yes, it Adventure is. Land I Land love, I love Adventureland. Yeah. Can I give a quick sidebar personal fun fact about Adventureland that like I still emotionally cannot believe happened, oh which gosh, is yeah. that I went to see Adventureland, I think when I was in high school in theaters and I got it confused with Land of the Lost. So the whole time <laughs> I'm waiting for Will Ferrell to show up in the movie and I'm like, when does Will Ferrell and John C. Riley like open a portal into the like weird so i was like and it did not hit me till the very end when he goes to like new york to see Kristen stewart that i was like oh my god will ferrell's not coming i also when i watched adventureland i thought that it was gonna i got it confused with zombie land and i kept being like when are the zombies gonna appear because zombie land also takes place over the summer 
at like a uh like a carnival and uh, no zombie showed up but i figured that so out within like, like when, 10 minutes when, it, when is the portal with the zombies and will ferrell gonna start yeah <laughs> and it uh ne- never did um when but- i went to see adventureland i i knew what i was walking into um <laughs> oh and my i liked gosh. it it was good uh <laughs> Kristen, Kristen Wiig and um, uh, Bill Hader are so good in that movie. So and good. You know what other movie they're good in? <gasps> Knocked Up, which Allie. is a great little transition Allie. into Amazing. our discussion. Did you Amazing. like that transition? Was Allie, it like that, so that was good? incredible. That was that was that was from that was from pure creative universe force itself. That was perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really proud of that transition. It was so good. Um, so you guys, um, this week we watched the 2007 rom-com Knocked Up. In this film, a rising journalist, Allison Scott, played by Katherine Heigl, hits a serious bump in the road after a one-night stand with irresponsible slacker Ben Stone, played by Seth Rogen, results in a pregnancy. Rather than raise the baby on her own, she decides to give Ben a chance to prove his father material. However, he's unsure if he's ready to be a parent, and they both wonder if they would be compatible lifetime partners. Knocked Up was written and directed by Judd Apatow. And a lot of scenes in the film were based on real life moments between Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann when they were having their first daughter, Maude. Ben's angry call to the doctor, Allison's bath, Allison kicking Ben out of the car. So, Greg, will you tell us a little bit about why you chose this movie and your relationship to rom-coms? Um, so why I chose this movie is because I threw out a handful of movie options to Allie and she's like uh, she's like oh we were just talking about uh, uh, needing to watch uh, Knocked Up I mean it was either this or The Graduate which I feel like uh, might have been The Graduate's probably a better rom-com movie uh, well that's um, on us we, we, we did I sort yeah. of pushed it to Knocked Up I, I like Knocked Up though I mean mm-hmm. uh it was it was um, it was a movie that I watched. I feel like when it came out, I was like, "When did it come out in two thousand seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, uh, I was like in high school, out of high school <laughs> ish. Um, so uh, it was, uh, and I liked. Um, I thought it was very funny, and and I still think that is very funny. Um, and my relationship, I don't really necessarily have a relationship to rom-coms in general. I have a relationship to, um, actors like, uh, because, uh, I used to like just obsess over certain actors and mm-hmm. I would watch all of their movies like in, in a row. Um, this will like age me a little bit, but, uh, when I was in high school, uh, uh, CD DVD burners were a thing. And yeah. so, so yeah. I had like this pass to, uh, blockbuster and you could like go and rent three movies and then order three movies to be sent to you in the mail, return the yeah. mail movies and then rent three more movies. And so I just burned every DVD from <gasps> blockbuster. <laughs> I, I mean, they're, they're bankrupt now. What are they going to do? I mean, they might need their money back, but uh, there's still one in Oregon. Oh, cool. <laughs> Really? Is it at, is yeah. it like working? Is it? Or is yeah, it it's in Bend, Oregon. No, it's a it is a full functioning blockbuster in um, Bend, Oregon. But I digress. Oh. But they're not going to come for you. They're, they're like, I think they're just having a great time. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just like <laughs> chilling there. They're just like, hey, we're still we're we're the last exactly. Last um, yeah, so I would like 
like watch every Judd Apatow movie or just like burn ah. all Judd's movies or like every like Meryl Streep movie or every Dustin Hoffman movie. So I like I have a relationship to actors and mm. so therefore I've seen most rom-coms and stuff. That's my relationship to rom-coms. Oh, well, that's and that's beautiful, Greg, because that's what people are like. Initially, they're like, wait, I'm not really into rom-coms. And then it's like, wait, actually, I burned every single Judd Apatow rom-com from the aughts. Therefore... You like the rom coms. I, I like the rom coms, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get it because it's yeah. Oh, Ellie, please, please, please. Oh, I totally get it. That's like how I think I first kind of like when I was first dipping my toe into rom coms. It would be like I saw um, you know, uh, you got mail with Meg Ryan, and then I was like, I want to watch more Meg Ryan films, mm-hmm. and that's how you know. And then you're like, oh, I love Tom Hanks. I'm going to watch all the Tom Hanks rom coms, and then yeah. exactly. you know, you kind of like work your way you know, through genres that way. Um, yeah, I would just oh, go in that. to Blockbuster and they're like, who's this kid renting seven Woody Allen movies? And <laughs> what's he doing? And then return them the next day and they're like, is this kid watching all of those Woody Allen movies tonight? <laughs> <laughs> or is this just kind of like his fun recreational activity, just coming in, taking DVDs, putting them back? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, and then, wait, so then how did you first encounter Knocked Up? Was it a burning from Blockbuster or did you go to the theater? Um, I I think I might have seen this in the theater. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this was about probably the time that like me and my friends would have gone and seen this in the movie theater. Um, yeah. I think that's my experience with it. Yeah, definitely. Allie, did you did you see it when it came out as well? Yes. I didn't see it in the theater because my parents were really strict about me not going to see R-rated movies. <laughs> no! um, I think the first R-rated movie I saw was Sweeney Todd, and it was a really oh big God. deal. <laughs> um, I know, a musical. Um, but no, the first Amazing. time I saw this movie was... Oh my gosh. And this will just show you what kind of kid I am with my parents. And whenever (laughs) Mm -hmm. there are any scenes with boobies in them or the scene where you see a baby's head come out of a woman's vagina, they would be like, close your eyes, Allie. Or they would put their hands over my eyes. So I, I, you know, wouldn't see it. Um, And uh, uh, yeah. So the first time I saw this movie, a large part of it i didn't see because my mother's hands were covering my eyes <laughs> oh no i mean i i don't think uh, that's not that terrible though because like the alternative is like you are watching something that you shouldn't be watching kind of with your parents and then like have you ever seen like a sex scene in the room <laughs> while, while your parents are sitting next to you and you're just like oh <laughs> oh my gosh which i think is sadly my experience i think i probably saw, I, I know i saw it in theaters and if this is r and it's 2007 i believe i was probably with my parents then um which would make sense because i also yeah i saw forgetting sarah marshall in theaters with them too and that was the next year yeah so i oh. think i did see this um in theaters with my parents um only because i spe- only because i specifically remember seeing the i remember the crowning scene because that was like yeah. Very. I mean, I mean, I think this this film really marked a shift in rom coms uh, during this time period, and definitely to put a straight up crowning scene in a rom com. I remember being like, "Holy shit!" This time watching it in twenty twenty one, I was coming up and I was like, "Oh," because I remember it was so visceral the first time. I was like, "How am I going to react? How am I going to react?" Now, didn't even flinch. Did not. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, things have changed so much that I was like crowning, schmowning. Who cares?" But at the time, I remember just being like, "The what?" Um, in the theater, uh, I um, was in the hospital room when one of my sisters was born. 
<gasps> um, wow. I videotaped it. I didn't see a crowning, but so like that scene, like, wasn't that intense. I was like, I've seen this in real life. Uh, yeah. yeah. In real life, there's way more fluid and hair and poop and all kinds of things. That was a very, very sterile uh, childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, I, I, I just want to clarify that I didn't see any part of my mom that I shouldn't have seen. Um, of course. Well, of course. We trust you. You, we know you're a tasteful cinematographer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like 14 and like, uh, <laughs> uh, making, making feature films and uh, my mom giving birth. I remember, um, I had a science teacher who, um, uh, when we were learning about sex ed, showed a video, a very graphic video of um, childbirth. And then as soon as it happened, he pressed rewind. So the baby and all of like the umbilical no. fluid and sac got shoved back into the woman. And he just kept going out and in and out and in with oh, the baby. No. And it was pretty um, traumatizing. Wait, was he oh doing it for like fun? Yeah, he was doing it like for like um, to be funny. Oh no! Ew, that's very inappropriate. That's so <laughs> and also, bad. it's like that's just like I don't. That's fucked up, honestly. Uh, was it? Was it I think I wonder if we had the same video nationally. Was it just like I watched one? I think in high school, the only things I saw birth related were knocked up and the crowning scene, and then one thing in health class where you just saw a baby come out of like a full bush. Uh, vulva, yeah. which is like the only way I can describe it that people are yes. like, oh yeah, I also had the full bush vulva video. Yeah. Yes. And also the baby came out like a little like gray. It was like kind of a weird gray wet oh, baby. And there was like a lot of blood. Like it was yeah. scary. Like yes. it was like you were like something's wrong. Like you something were like something like is this, bad is, is this baby gonna is it you know gonna yeah, make it? And then it exactly. was like what a great birth. And I was like oh my god this is like a good birth. Like oh my yeah. god. Oh um, I think we watched the same video Allie. <laughs> wow. I'm so yeah. I can't believe your guy rewound it. That's honestly like I mean, I saw it once and, and, you know, it's, and we need to normalize the birthing process, et cetera. Yes. But then to ha to have that be one of the only examples you have and to have him rewind it and fast forward it is like, you know. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, that's fucked up. I have, I have a thought, which is that obviously this is a rom-com from 2007. Um, so there are going to, and, and it's, and it's in so many ways, it's a lovely rom-com and there are obviously elements that under a 2020 lens may not hold up. Should we begin with some of the things we do like about the movie? Because it is such a funny rom-com and there is like a lot to love here yeah uh, i'll i'll start off something i loved is the way that this movie twisted some of our our like favorite rom-com tropes like one yes. of my favorite rom-com tropes is the bad uh dating montage where um you know our hero goes on a bunch of bad dates like in rapid succession. And in this, I thought it was so clever how they twisted it, how Judd twisted it so that it was, um, they were dating doctors. It was like them as a couple, uh, yeah. Ben and Allison dated a bunch of doctors and tried on a bunch of doctors to find the mm -hmm. perfect one and the right fit. I thought, and the second time they did, um, like a fun twist on the genre was with a, um, like, trying on clothes montage but instead of trying on clothes um they were like trying on you know seth rogan was like trying on baby clothes for allison and like uh you know yeah you know showing like books to each other and like mm -hmm. i thought they were just kind of like fun really unique twists on um our tropes that were really cool 
Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. I thought, I thought this was, I, I, and I remember having my mind blown in 2007 being like, this is changing rom-coms, you know? Cause yeah. It, it's like, yeah, I just remember not having seen anything like this. I think, so Judd Apatow, right. Had his like sort of string of like mumblecore improvised comedies or rom-coms. And I think 40 year old version came before, which was like lovely and iconic in its own. Right. But this, I remember being like, this is a rom-com and this is turning the genre on its head and it felt and it was kind of like a, like maybe one of the earlier examples of like the rom-com drum i'd seen as yeah. well where i was like oh it's a rom-com but it's serious and the people are not um perfect in every moment uh and i remember i remember like while feeling <laughs> you know as like how i felt as a child watching mrs doubtfire which is like wait they're not getting back together like i remember having some of those moments in the film but ultimately being like god that is like i'm watching something really cool happening yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, that's some of the things that I liked about it is, um, I mean, I still think some of the, like the banter, uh, is very funny. Um, not yes. all of it, oh my God. um, but, uh, yes, uh, the, the relationships, um, between like, yeah, Paul Rudd and, and Seth Rogen, um, it, it just, it, it had, it really nailed down that kind of conversational, um, like between me and my friends, Phil, that I, would have had in like 2007 a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed, uh, yeah, there's still like a few jokes <laughs> that I like laughed out loud at. Um, Same. Yeah. I, I would say one of my favorite th- elements in this movie are the side characters <laughs> mm-hmm. and like the richness of the world. So I think Seth and his group of friends who are real friends in real life and they'd all worked with Jed before, like, and we talked about this mm-hmm. in, in in rom-coms a lot like some of like the things that really can transcend um and be a standout for a film is when they they are personally having an amazing time so to see like this group of like artist friends just like have fun and improvise was such a delight and yeah same same as you greg like i laughed out loud like several like yeah Mm -hmm. several times throughout the movie and i really i and i think this is like now he's like may see it like more often, but I remember like early on at the time it it, uh, it it being like pretty new, and I still think it's so funny when Jonah Hill gets really mad about that one guy shaving his pubes, and then oh, they're yeah. like having that argument. You're like, you're yeah. embarrassing me for a company, and he's like, I took a shit and it looked like a gremlin, and like they're just genuinely like so upset. And I just like little moments like that where I was just like, I really appreciated how much room he gave to those side characters and it was like um like a feast of cameos yeah that's like i I really loved like all the cameos of like people that i think are like super funny and just in these small parts like craig robinson as the bouncer yeah and yeah and uh or um bill Bill hater and for me oh my god this was the first time i was introduced to Kristen wig in a film I like i'd seen her (gasps) on snl but Mm. and she to me i remember in high school and Kristen wig's always been like my number one like comedy person that I look to. <laughs> and in this movie, I think she like, even when I saw it, I was like, she stole the movie for me. I, I think her little side <laughs> bits to me are still so funny and weird. And I love her. She's so, much. so passive aggressive and mm-hmm. so funny and so weird. And yeah. And like, yeah, I love the little scenes where uh, Bill Hader is like, Oh yeah, she's definitely pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I, she looks uh, like, <laughs> 
There's a, a, a ton of those little moments where, you know, they just like threw that joke in like yeah. in post where uh, he's not even in frame. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah what's that look on her face? Uh, it looks like she just found out she's pregnant. That was such yeah. an amazing line. Like that was one of my laugh out loud lines. So good. And, um, and going, that's go, some, going yeah. back oh, to please. Kristen Wiig. Uh, so like mm-hmm. which, is Kristen Wiig's character kind of like a, a rom-com trope of like the yes. co-worker who doesn't. Yeah. Uh, is that something exactly. we can talk about later or can we talk about No, that? we can talk about it now. Oh, no, we totally yeah, can we'll, talk we'll, about it now. Yeah, we'll, we'll like breeze. Pa- we, we'll, we'll mention it later. But yeah, we, we, they're fair games to discuss during the discussion portion. Yeah, she's so funny in that. She's just like, uh, I don't know. It kills me every time at her. And yeah, those, and, and, and it's like, a, it's a fun twist on that trope as well. Because, right, that like the, the trope is the, right, like that, um like, uh, like women at work are enemies. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah. Kristen Wiig is like, has progressive and like and uh, diminishing Catherine Heigl's character, but in this way that's like very new and like you know that like Kristen Wiig's character is like you know jealous. <laughs> like, exactly, it's yeah. so clear that she's just jealous and bizarre, and she's like, I just don't like when has- people lie to me. <laughs> Yeah, and she has that really funny line where she's like, "I mean, I thought we could maybe be friends, but yeah. now that you've lied, I don't know." And it's, it's just so like, funny because it's it's also genuine. It's like it's being yeah. delivered in this way that is such a such a lovely twist on the trope. Um, and also, like, what a delight to see how like Judd Apatow builds his universe, and he's he's given a lot to the genre. So it's so cool. I like because in, in like in this instance, right? Kristen Wiig has a small role in this. She has a small role in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's only in the uh, like longer edit version, and then she eventually gets oh, to yeah. make bridesmaids with Judd Apatow. And Mila Kunis auditioned for Katherine Heigl's role, didn't get it, but then was cast. Ooh in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, So it's just so fun to see like all the little kernels and, you know, like those guys were in undeclared and then Mm -hmm. a lot of them were freaks and geeks. So it's just, I think so it's so amazing. I think to watch like them all like evolve as like artists and how how that comes together. It's so amazing just to see Paul Rudd all the time. Oh my (laughs) God. Paul Rudd is great. Oh, and I was like, I was like, I had to look up his age. I was like, how old is he in this? Like he's, he's just like, gets more handsome over time. I don't know. I have a crush on Paul Rudd. <laughs> Same. Yes. I have a Paul Rudd story. Um, oh, yeah. When, when they were filming, um, I like ran into him and probably like Jonah Hill and Jason Siegel at the Grove one day. <laughs> and they must have been <gasps> filming like, I love you, man. And they were eating lunch and they're like, but somehow like me and Paul Rudd were both getting like, little cups of water at this <laughs> Mexican <laughs> restaurant at the Grove. And, uh, and then like, I was just like, Oh, Hey, like I'm a big fan. You're just so great. And he's like, Oh, thanks man. He's like, thanks so much. And then like, we had this like awkward moment where it's just like, okay, do we like fist bump or do we say something, say something that, to each other? And then it, he just kind of put out his elbow to like, give me an elbow bump. And then I gave him an elbow bump and then my water splashed onto his shirt. <laughs> and then I was just like, uh, okay, yeah, bye. And I walked away. Oh, that's so cute. That's like a rom-com oh. thing where you like accidentally spill a little bit mm-hmm. on the person. It's the meat cute. It's the meat cute. That's a very, you guys had a very good meat cute. Speaking of Paul, yeah, can we get into Paul and Leslie Mann? Yeah, like their performances. Yes. I mean, I also did not appreciate in 2007 how freaking hot Leslie Mann is in this movie. Oh my god, like, she's Le- so Leslie Mann hot. is so hot and so funny in this. 
yeah, Leslie Mann in this, I think it was like such an amazing performance. And I think you can tell, like, I like I feel like Judd Apatow, you can see where Judd Apatow just like lets her go mm-hmm. and lets her mm-hmm. just like dress down people. And sure, some like so obviously, like sometimes it like ends up in territory that's like now extremely offensive and like does yeah. not age well. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I would say those moments aside, um, she's so good at that. She's so uh, good. That humor. And I think especially because her personal dynamic is she looks so sweet and her voice is like so sweet. And like mm-hmm. feminine, so then when she's just like, <laughs> when she, I like some of the stuff she said to Paul Rudd, it was so good. She was so, she's great. Yeah, she's also she's she's yeah, she's great at like being dry when she needs to be dry, and just like giving him a look, or or when I love that moment when they were just arguing about um, uh, uh, the chicken pox on the computer screen, <laughs> <laughs> all the pedophiles in their oh, neighborhood. The pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Or, or, or the moment at the, um, at the, at the restaurant where she's like, why don't you guys like go fuck each other or something like that? Yes, God, that was such a nice moment of release I needed in that scene. (laughs) And then when she said it, I was like, yes, Leslie. Oh man, Leslie Mann is so hot. Um, So hot. In everything she does. And especially in this movie. And when she got turned away for looking old, um, uh, I was, you know, at the club, I was personally affronted because she honestly looks younger than I do. um, And she's 40. And (laughs) I uh, was like, oh, what? Um, But I, I thought she did an incredible job and she's so funny and i first fell in love with her when i saw the movie george of the jungle when i was oh, like same. ursula ursula yes. and that guy that that guy um yeah whose name i forget um, but he is uh and stuff i um i want to talk a little bit about uh katherine heigl and her performance in this mm. because i think she did a fucking incredible job. That yeah. role, I kept waiting for her to play like crazy or hysterical or bitchy or uptight. And she never did. She, she never, was always she, never did, yeah. she was always like really patient. So patient. Oh my God, she was so patient in this movie. Understanding, yeah. trying to meet Ben where he was at. Um, was not portrayed as a control freak at all, was just like really flexible um, and lovely throughout the film. Um, I don't know if she got maybe as many <sighs> jokes as she, she deserved, but she... Oh. Yeah, completely agree because it's like I will say the one thing that people sleep on 27 dresses, they sleep on Katherine Heigl in the rom-com genre and y'all are wrong because um <laughs> her comedic skills are precise and yes. like are so good when and you can tell you can like see some of it coming out here yeah i so when i was trying to research this movie i came across something that i wasn't aware of i, I mean I, I may have been aware of it at the time loosely but to see how it's aged was like a huge bummer but there one of the articles about it uh Sorry. Okay. So for context, basically, I didn't know this. In 2007 or 2008, Katherine Heigl, uh, like very delicately in an interview was like, yeah, it's a great film. It's like a little bit sexist. You know, she was like, I don't like love how my character comes off. But she was like, but you know, it was like a great experience and proceeds to get dragged as like a difficult actress. Uh, Like Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen both are like offended by this. 
And then a, a, I read an article from Slate that same year. So it's 2007. This, this female journalist from Slate writes an article basically being like, being like, yeah, she's right. And, and she's like, I like the movie a lot. But mm-hmm. she basically does a comparison where she writes all of Seth's jokes that mm-hmm. Catherine Heigl laughs at and says that whenever she has a joke, which are few, he never laughs at it. He only responds with a joke and then she laughs at the joke. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I read this exact same article and I was oh like, my God, oh my Greg, gosh. That wow. article was really <laughs> I was like, Hold on, stressed wait, me I out. Why, why does it look like I picked this movie? <laughs> no, but you didn't. No. And, and to be no, fair, right, we picked it. We picked no, no. it. And to be fair, I wanted to watch the movie because I, it, again, and it's and it's something we run into we run into with rom coms all the time, which is like, you know, it's like I love this movie. You know, it's like this movie it's is histor- so funny. It is like a it is a very important part of the rom com genre. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is like the first kind of. It is one of the first biggest kind of like almost dude rom-coms where, you know, it focuses around like a male character. Mm -hmm. And so like, and and Judd Apatow is kind of like the king of the dude rom-com genre. And so like, we have to like, it's, you know, me and I have to do our due diligence and watch this. And there's so much good in this rom-com too, along with the, you know, stuff that doesn't age well um, yeah i i yeah. read so i read that exact same article mia while i was watching the movie and i was like oh, my oh, eyes it, no. like open my world view of this movie and i was like wow yeah because the, that article is very good yeah and it and it opens up with the author saying which was so interesting because i didn't read it until the day after but basically uh she delineates my experience watching it and her and a lot of her female friends watching it at the time where it's like you watch it and you're like I love this movie and then you leave and you feel slightly uneasy and for me there was like a, just like a few moments that I bumped against right where or no sorry not a few there's, there's a lot but like in, in general more more like thematically on a movie that was centered around birth now having a sister who has gone through labor I was like uh, there, there was just like certain things in it where I was like, oh, all the doctors are are male for the mm-hmm. most part. Like all the OBs that they're interviewing are male. There's like a scene where it's like the male OB is like arguing with her and it looks like Seth's going to go like dress him down. But instead he like is like she's really stressed out mm-hmm. and it's they mess with her birthing plan, which is like very that happens a lot in hospitals for women. And it's and like women like it's like. So like women have to like pay doulas to come with them to the hospital so that they can advocate for their birthing plan. And and, it, and then like, I don't know. So it's like in this like watching it, I was like, I left it being like, oh man, like that was so funny. Oh, the men had a lot more funny scenes than the women. You know, like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, the chair scene is so funny. I wish Leslie and Catherine's scene before could have had as like much of moments is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just like a, a few little things like that where you leave and you're just like, yeah, that didn't feel awesome. Where I saw maybe some like sexism was in it's when like the two when like Leslie, I mean, I saw it on, but uh, but when like Kath, Catherine and Leslie like have a night out and um, you know, Ben and Pete have a night out and they get rewarded for all the fun stuff that they do mm. like yeah. yeah they like there's no they don't get any consequences for having fun they don't get punished it's like yeah we're gonna get lap dances we're gonna go to Cirque du Soleil um we're gonna do all this stuff versus like the women like get punished can't, can't for trying to the club can't get, get into the club and like get their, their 
pregnant, they shouldn't be out. And yeah, not that their they're parents. bad for like trying mm-hmm. to, you know, and it's like, wow, women have, it seems like they have all the responsibility. They have all the consequences and the men just get to have fun and have get this fun kind of mini bromance movie. Yeah. And, and which again, it's like, I can give grace for it's like, that's your point of view. That's what, you know, that's what the story is about. Sure. 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 Right. We leave with that taste in our mouth of like, Oh, well we know different and it doesn't feel awesome, but like whatever. But then the, what happened with Kath Heigl? And I think the piece for me that, that what came after to me, which is, which was like, uh, hard to swallow, which is that. So Catherine Heigl's makes those comments, which, reflected by the media at the time, uh, uh, like uh, female journalists agree <laughs> that they're like, yeah, I have the same observation as what she said. And um, basically she gets dragged and like considered a difficult woman, which is why, or a difficult actress to work with, which was, which is why it's always great when, even though she has made like some really insane comments about Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> like, right. Those were like, those were, those were objectively like very rude comments. Like this one is a, more of like an objective observation. Um, and she said, and she doesn't say anything about like work, like what the work climate was like or anything. She was just like, Oh yeah, I think my character comes off as sexist. And it sounds like in the press, Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen took this very personally. And we're like, Oh, I didn't realize she hated me. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought she liked working with me and these things. And then there's, there's like Seth Rogen speaks on it in 2016 and is basically like, yeah, I mean, I felt betrayed. I felt betrayed. And like, I didn't realize she didn't like me. I thought she liked me. And it's like, Whoa, that is like some, crazy gaslighting yeah. <laughs> where it's like she just said her that the character is sexist and now and it's like okay I, like I, it just was it was, yeah I just really and I love Seth Rogen I'm like in love with Seth Rogen mm-hmm. like I would marry Seth Rogen uh and then same with Judd Apatow where uh and she and where he, I think he was like he was like well if I have any sexist jokes it's like like of course I need to learn and be more sensitive but like the intent was to make the character look sexist and it's like oh you don't understand that just the point of view that's presented is inherently sexist. And I understand why you don't understand, but that the fact that that hasn't caught up is what, is, like as an actress and a comedian, what is what like kind of hurts me when I reflect on it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Catherine Heigl had to eat her words and she, even though she was right, she had to go like, uh, cause she got so much flack for it. She had to be like, Oh, oops. Yeah. It was a total dumbass move. Like, obviously like I love Seth and Judd and like, I don't mean it. I didn't even mean it. You know, and you're just like, Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. I, like, I, I read that and I read that, but then that, I don't know if it was the same article, but, um, at the very end they're like, but you never said that she didn't believe it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And I, I freaking true. love and, that journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in the end of the article, she basically says, go see Juno. It's in theaters right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, a- another thing like, um, that, that article talked about was like, um, uh, Leslie Mann's kind of character. Right. And yes. now she's just like, so just like mean and, 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 and really it has like these no redeeming moments. And then like, even when she should have like a redeeming moment at the end or whatever, it's just like, she's put in her place again by another man or something like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. In the, in the birthing room scene mm-hmm. where Seth won't let her in the birthing room. Yeah. Which again, I agree with her Yeah, change, you know, and be like, Oh, I actually like him and stuff like that. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's so interesting. We, we, we just watched Taming of the Shrew. It's almost like echoes <laughs> or sorry. We just watched 10 things I hate about you, mm-hmm. which is, uh, taming of the shrew and that's almost like a taming of the shrew echo in a weird way and and it's crazy too because it's like wow you know he's really stepped up you know ben's really stepped up as a dad but it's also like ben you actually haven't 
been here for the last couple of months and leslie has um <laughs> like yes. her sister has been there for her and has gone to all of the lamas classes with her so maybe you should let her in the birthing room with her sister yeah and that, uh, that was like wild to me because i was just like how are you going to tell someone that her sister can't be there <laughs> Yeah, and it's I not like they I had the relationship. The, like your sister had a baby, Mia. Did were you in the room or did um, you? It was during COVID, so I wasn't. Oh, okay. But but here and 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 it, it's of course it's like not every sister pair, but it's the kind of thing where when that happened, I was like, oh, does Catherine Heigl not like Leslie Mann? And I didn't know this because the whole time they get along so well, and she mm-hmm. is like her birthing partner. Yeah. So by the time this happens, you're like, what? But if it, you're if it, of course you know there's like that's like a trip, like an overbearing mother in the waiting room, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, no, get out, and you're like thank you babe for protecting me but it's like it just didn't quite land because it's like well Catherine Heigl and Leslie Mann's characters seem to really love each other and that she has been I mean I just kept thinking where are the 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 13 year old kids with the video camera who are filming their (laughs) sister being born like me like I can't relate to this that's what's normal in a birthing room (laughs) who's videotaping this (laughs) oh my gosh Um, yeah. And it's so, and it's so hard. And it, it, this isn't even like the type of issue. Like Allie and I went into this a lot, right. Where it's like, we, we mm-hmm. watch movies we loved as children. And then we're like, Oh, these are like so offensive and awful now. Like, mm-hmm. how do we reconcile this? And this is like, I feel like it's a softer blow where it's like, yeah, some of the humor is like offensive and like does not age well, but it's more of like the general P it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's such a nuanced situation that has happened with this film and what had happened behind the scenes with the actors mm-hmm. and the creator after. Yeah. That's like, that's like the, what I see is just like a massive blind spot in which, you know, you're portraying people that aren't in your identity group and, uh, you know, with, with, with less dimensionality than you're giving the characters in your own identity group, which it's like understandable and you can give grace for it, but it's like, I just, it's it's I, like a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And I mean, while we're talking about it, like a lot of jokes about the shoe bomber, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what is that? Like the Unabomber? <laughs> like, I think it's like a, a bomber looking kind of like U-bomber type person. Um, yes. But yeah, why are they attacking him too? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and obviously like a lot of cultural homophobia and stuff that oh. was just like very nor- that was very normalized and awful mm-hmm. at the time and like it sucks so bad that that was the culture i'm gonna say something interesting that i noticed about the jokes almost to the point where like it, it was a little distracting was so many of the joke setups were dude you look like mm-hmm. you look so <laughs> And then I also noticed that Leslie Mann's character had those jokes, too, where it's like, you look like a, you know, uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a ghost without eyebrows. Um, <laughs> that's not any of the jokes that were used in the movie. But it was a lot of, like, insult humor. And yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of insult humor. I like more kind of, Same. like, observational humor. Like, mm-hmm. in 10 Things I Hate About You, there's a lot of observational humor that goes on um in physical humor um but this was a lot of like insult humor which i think is you know was kind of popular for these um kind of like dude rom-coms um and is done so well in like tv shows like veep but have always you know have always it just always hits me the wrong way because i'm a little sensitive um but and uh, so (laughs) i'm a little sensitive uh, and i don't like people making fun of other people uh but uh yeah a lot of insult humor in this rom-com 
Totally. Yeah. That, yeah, I clocked that. Yeah. Yeah. That may, I'm the same way. I'm a sensitive lady. Yeah. I feel like I, I can only take so much of it in a movie and it, this like, uh, although like I think a lot of the jokes were very funny. Again, I don't want to like bash this movie because I think that there's a lot of funny stuff in it, but a mm-hmm. lot of that insult humor was like, just like dragged on too much for me. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Like, which is like, yeah, with, yeah which, which is like an Apatow rom-coms like strength and it's curse, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, mm-hmm. yeah, t- they, 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 they go on longer than, than the average rom-com, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love. And he, like in, in many ways I love it. And in some ways you're like, okay, yeah, wow. We're spending a lot of time watching these men insult each other. Well, um, were there any jokes that um, like still held up for you guys that you like really thought were very funny like what what? this is this is just a bit that i love and i wish there was more of i love jason siegel loving Mm -hmm. leslie mann's character i love (laughs) that that what he says are you debbie's husband and then he shuts the door and then in the waiting room and he's like hey deb what's up i just want more i wish honestly he wings and i wish that storyline could have been beefed up where like he could have like defended debbie or something or like that could have been an impetus for paul rudd to realize Mm. that he is a fucking asshole Mm. yeah Um, i think that um it also like works so much better because he has like a goatee and a mustache kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like right on the cusp of that kind of creep. As a person, as a as a man who has a mustache, majority of the time I don't have a mustache right now. But uh, man, a mustache and a goatee—that just uh, it, it yeah, can make that- you. On that I loved, line. Oh, I love that choice for Jason Siegel because he's normally, I feel like, a grounding force in stuff mm-hmm. he's in. So to see yeah. him be like that guy, I was like, oh yeah, my I, God. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, they're all very effortless, but there's that scene where he's just like relaying the back and forth on the telephone, like, hey, you want to go out tonight? And then oh they're just like God. passing jokes to each other, right? And then passing it onto the telephone. And he's just sitting there and it, it feels like he's doing nothing. He's just very effortless and how funny he is. Uh, a physical joke that I really like is when um, uh, Ben goes back to like get a, a shirt for like a date he's going on and he and um, Pete is with him and uh, Paul Rudd's character and he opens the door and all of his roommates have horrible pink eye. and It's just so <laughs> disgusting. And you're just like, yes, this is like these are the kind of people um these are kind of people that fart each other's pillows and then all get pink eye. <laughs> and then um, um, what's what's this actor's name? The guy who doesn't shave. Oh, Martin uh, Starr. Martin, Martin Starr. Star. Martin Starr yeah, walks in and his eyes look like crazy red. And he's like, did you get pink eye too? And he's like, no, I'm just so high. <laughs> Wait. Oh my God. Wait, you guys, speaking of Martin Starr, the the girl who plays his girlfriend, Charlene Yee, who plays Mm -hmm. Jody. Also, Mm. I forgot she's amazing in this. She's so great. She's so funny. Her bits are so insane in this in a way that I think was like ahead, like like 10 years ahead of its time. Like how funny she is. (laughs) Where I'm like, oh, this is so funny now. Yeah. When she Uh, and Catherine Heigl are like peeling vegetables and she's like, do you want to switch boyfriends? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, just kidding. She's so great. And then, okay, I think the one last joke I wrote down that I adore and it gets me every time because I always forget it's coming is when Seth Rogen like dresses down Pete and is like, you're such a shitty husband that she doesn't want to be with me because she's afraid I'm going to be as horrible as a husband as you. And it's great because it's like this huge release, I would say, especially like 
with everything we talked about in the context of this film, it's a great release moment in the movie mm-hmm. where there's like some honesty and it's like it's it's some anger being stressed, whatever. And he said, but he's also said some horrible things to him. And then he walks away, <laughs> and you're you're ready for this. It's such a great subversion. You're ready for this moment of like, oh my god, what? And instead, he just keeps carrying the cake and goes happy birthday, and everyone starts singing. <laughs> and it's such a great subversion. It makes me laugh so hard every time. That's so, yeah, that's such a funny that moment. So yeah, good. it gets me every yeah. time. So um, I think, um, I mean, there was, there's a couple of, like throwaway lines that I really like loved, like when they're shopping for, uh, when they're having that moment where they're like in love and they're shopping for like baby Bjorns and cribs and stuff like that. And she's just, mm-hmm. he's just like, she's like, uh, you think we'll ever be in love? Like the, like this guy is in love or whatever. And, um, and she says, Oh, we are in love like that. And he's like, he's like, Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. And she's like, well, which is so crazy because I've never liked guys like you. And then Seth Rogen just goes like, you keep saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep saying that? Or, and then, um, another, like, it gets me every time, but the, we don't have to go outside like a dog to have sex doggy (laughs) style. Um, I think that that's like, that whole scene is like very funny to me. Like when he, the baby oh kicks his hand, he says, it oh was, my God, he yeah. says that was a warning. The baby was <laughs> warning him, which is so funny. Yes. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. There was so, yeah, because this movie is like done with improvisers who are so funny and like a director who like lets them go. There are so many good throwaway lines like that. Before we move to our final, to our next segment, are there any final thoughts on this film? Uh, I still laughed <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good to see it again. Um, I I, I want to rewatch some of those other movies, like Forty Year Old Virgin, th- movies that I haven't seen in kind of a long time. Oh, it's on HBO Max. I um, just watched it. <gasps> I, oh. I recently watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall I, again, and I just love that movie. It's so funny. we love. Oh, I mean, oh, that, is, that is such a phenomenal rom com. Yeah, it makes you really love Jason Segel, like knowing that he oh, wrote that. Yeah, and that these are a year apart. Like that's really yeah. I love you're that. Like, oh. I mean, um, I, I, I liked it like I liked it as a like a Seth Rogen vehicle. Like this was like a, the first kind of Seth Rogen vehicle, right? And he's supposed yeah. to be twenty three years old. I think he's like twenty six in man. it. Yeah, yeah. It was no, it it was a revolutionary rom com for the time, and in that way, it did. It, there was like it was so many firsts. It like it did change things, and it changed the idea of a leading man, and it did so much good. And I think. If anything, it's a time capsule for what life in America was like in 2007. Yeah. And based on how culture has evolved, it's that shows both good and bad. And it's mm-hmm. just so interesting to be like, again, we're confronted with that fact of like, we love this movie. There are is- there, This movie has issues and we mm-hmm. love this movie. And, and how do we hold both of those truths? And yeah. Allie? Uh, um, I would... My final thought is... Um, I would rewrite the scene with the condom um, so that yes. let's hit on this. Yes. Here's my, here's my pitch. Cause you, you know, I don't, I don't want to shit on it too much. And you know, if I'm going to shit on something, I might as well pitch on better ideas. My better idea than what was written, not to say, yeah, it is better. Um, is that not that there's a miscommunication about putting the condom on because honestly that seems like it kind of blurs the line of consent and it really freaks me out and triggers me as a woman. Um, Exactly. I I would rewrite it that um, some of Seth's friends bought some like cheap kind of like, 
condoms on the internet from like a weird website and he just grabbed a handful and he didn't realize that they were like faulty and that there was like like holes in the condoms or something like that um because you know his friends bought it from a cheap site just that way that way and so it's like it's not his fault it's his friend's fault um they had good communication throughout the whole time and later he finds out you know or she finds out that there are holes in the condom um and that's how she gets pregnant not that like yes he doesn't wear a condom and then and that she thinks he is and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and if i may piggyback on that yeah i i would imagine that this this film is extremely triggering for anyone who's a victim of consent rape I think an example of a film that has the exact same premise and deals with it well is Obvious Child. And if you're if you are like have questions or thoughts about wait what like uh, why why this can look a lot like consent rape, even though obviously that's not the character's intention, but why it uh, is could be triggering or look exactly like it, go check out uh, the consent rape episode of I May Destroy You with a massive trigger warning. But it sort of has a fairly similar scene, but with intent that will like honestly haunt you. So yeah, agree with that, Allie. Definitely could use some punch-ups on yeah. the... Uh, dude, not wearing the condom part. Just wanted to end uh, our discussion on a high, upbeat note. (laughs) 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 All right. You know what? Another punch up. They go to dinner at Michelli's. (laughs) 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 Who goes to dinner at Michelli's? (laughs) Wait, one thing that I read was that it was never like explained. Um, Her mother like off was like get an abortion and they, they never like gave a choice or like why she yes. was going to, why she wasn't going to. Yeah. And they I, never I remember, explore her choices. Yeah, they never explore her choices and just all, all of a sudden she's like, I'm having this baby, right? Um, which like, yeah, it was it was just it it was never just like the 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 that why did like the mom even say that? If why was that even necessary to the scene or the movie or anything like that if they weren't gonna like give her a reason whatever in the article it was like religious beliefs or anything to why she didn't want to have abortion or why yeah. she wanted to have the baby or whatever yeah yeah they skated the through character. that kind of tricky yeah. discussion mm-hmm. pretty quickly um yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah but which yeah which is which is it's all fair play you know it's we gotta we gotta talk about it guys gotta talk about it uh <laughs> Now, uh, with those final thoughts, it is time to move into the part of the podcast where we count up all the tropes that we noticed in this rom-com. So um, we had a montage of the good times, except it's in the beginning and it's with the boys, uh, which um, they're doing all their fun things. Seth and his friends. Um, We mentioned this earlier. Female coworkers are enemies uh, with a very fun Kristen Wiig twist. Um, we have a meet cute at a bar, which I feel like I've seen this meet cute before where you can't get the bartender's attention. Um, and then he does like a cute little, they steal the beers. Very fun. Love <laughs> it. Good meet cute. Um, the, the couples in this are, are, these are tropes we do not like, are straight and white. Um, uh, dirt, dirt, dirt. Friends obsessed with your love life. The friends are like all celebrating when he gets a second date. Um, uh, so they're very into it. And her sister is very like, they're all very, you know, that's their main focus. Um, uh, cleaning up life montage. Me and Seth Rogen this week. Um, he gets a new apartment, <laughs> stocks it with the books. Um, oh, and then we haven't seen this for a while, but the real photos in the end. Didn't we used to talk about that? That that oh, was a yeah. trip? Yeah. Yeah. So when they put the real photos of the cast in the end, that's like kind of a rom commy thing. Um, Al, what you got? I have um, 
my my really good notes were on my phone that are now dead, but I will oh, just Allie, I'm so re, sorry. I'll recall them from memory. <laughs> um, I have the bad dating montage, but with doctors. I have Lovely. the um, getting out of the city um, trope where um, our main characters get out of the city and then like become closer. But the twist on this is that it's Pete and Ben that get out of the city and go to Las Vegas. Um, I have uh, a trying on clothes montage when they go to the baby store and, and try on clothes and books and stuff. I, oh, Allie, come on. Are there any more? Let me think. Yeah, I didn't have a ton either. I didn't have a ton. Um, oh, I have the grand gesture is when right. he like takes the doctor out of the room and like mm-hmm. dresses him down. And it's like, listen, you're going to do our birth plan. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't think there's an ending fake out. Uh, no, no. Yeah. No, I know. I'm, yeah. Not super high for me either. I um, think that's it. This, oh, maybe. This- oh, Oh, just like kids acting like adults. I think like oh one yeah, of the kids like talks about like I googled murder and mm. like stuff like that. It's kind of yes, absolutely, absolutely. Greg, what'd you get? Um, yeah, that the grand dresser was um, him discussing with the doctor that I had that one, and I had um, the yeah the, him kind of like growing up montage or phase of his like he doesn't want to go out you know it's 8 p.m and he's reading the books and stuff like that um yes the i i like that you guys <laughs> clocked it as the uh like the trying on dresses kind of <laughs> montage of them um like shopping and being happy and stuff like that but just like having fun together um i don't know this is like i've watched a few rom-coms lately that are like closer to like now and like hip hop in the beginning is like, seems to be like, you know, yes. something like uh, that Ali Wong movie had that at, at the beginning that like, yes. And that the, the um, Wu-Tang Clan at the very beginning of this or Old Dirty Bastard song while they're having yes, fun, yes, the yes. kind of like montage at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, that ends up with 14 tropes, which I think makes sense. Okay, now I think it's time to rate this rom-com. We here at PSA Love Rom-Coms have an ever-changing list of top five rom-coms. And as of now, here are our top five. The Best Man, When Harry Met Sally, Love and Basketball, Hitch, and 10 Things I Hate About You. So now, if we so choose, today we can put Knocked Up on that list. But we have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. What do we think? Does Knocked Up deserve a spot on the top five list? And if so, who should it knock off? It's interesting because I think Knocked Up definitely, you know, definitely added to the genre um, and definitely like uh, redefined the genre and made it more accessible, I think, to... um, I think men and, and kind of like open a new door in that way, especially when you have like fun, um, like male heroes, like, um, Jason Siegel and, you know, forgetting Sarah Marshall and, and, um, Seth Rogen and, in this film knocked up. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I think that like, I don't know if the romance in this movie was really, really incredible. I think there were times where it was really sweet, um, and complex, but, um, I think because Katherine Heigl's character was a little bit um, like milk toast for me that I, I um, 
that I, I wouldn't put it on the top five. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this movie is so funny. I think, I think a lot of the humor stand, uh, like stays the test of time. I know I'm fond of it because I did feel even at the time it was innovating a genre that I love. So I, I so appreciate that and, um, really enjoy the casting and all the cameos and the fact that it gave us Kristen Wiig, um, in the long run, uh, and bridesmaids. And so, um, yeah, I love it. I would say in the terms of, yeah, I agree. I think the romance um, is, yeah, isn't, isn't like as great as some of the ones we have on here. And I think, I think um, just like some of the general points of view of the film. Um, yeah. Maybe just like, which, which are, which it's fine and it represents a time period, but they, they, they age in such a way that um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not top five, um, but it definitely is. Um, it's a lovely film. It's, it's fun to rewatch. I like it. Um. I like, I think I like that all of the movies that you have on the list and, um, uh, they don't have as much, uh, pink eye humor as Knocked <laughs> Up does. Um, so they lack in that a little bit, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think they should go in the top five. <laughs> Love and, I haven't seen Love and Basketball in a long time, but it's really good. <laughs> Okay, so it seems it seems uh, uh, pretty unanimous that uh, knocked up while very fun in the com, maybe a little lighter in the rom, um, and uh, defining definitely like redefining the genre, but not making it on the top five list. And uh, with that segment wrapped up, you guys, it's time to move into our final segment, which is reality check. And in this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices and rom-coms we just watch to see if they hold up in the real world. A plot device we see in a lot of rom-coms is the weekend trip slash getting out of the city, where we see the main couple in the movie go on a short trip that leads them to opening up about their true feelings for each other. We see this in movies like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, The Proposal, I'm going to argue maid of honor as well um, when they go to, when they go to um, Scotland. Um, and in this movie, we see Ben and Pete going to Las Vegas uh, and they kind of open up about um, how they truly feel about each other. But you guys, is this something that happens in real life? Have we ever gone on a weekend trip and has it opened to our, our eyes to um, true feelings that we have for another person? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, I, can, I can i can start us off i'll set the tone um i was um one of my first kind of like really serious relationships i thought that like the first big trip we should go on together as a couple is a camping trip up in big sur and um it was the first camping trip that i had ever been on and um you know uh trips uh are they get you out of your comfort zone and they're high stress situations and it kind of like um opened both me and my partner's eyes to the fact that we were very different kinds of people <laughs> like i was very type a and was like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna get firewood here we're gonna do this and um and my college boyfriend was like very much a type B kind of person who was very like laid back and it's like, we'll just go with the flow. Um, and we fought a lot on the trip. And when we got back, we were both really grumpy. And then uh, I'm pretty sure we broke up a couple months later. Um, so, you know, yes, it, uh, we're still good friends, though. Um, but 
and I still love him very dearly. But um, the trip kind of, you know, I think uh, I say, yes, it checks out for me, but not in the way that it does in rom-coms where it's like, yeah, we uh, it really forced us to look at like what kinds of people we were and how we worked together in tough situations. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, that so makes lots again, of sense. I think ending yeah. things on a really high note. <laughs> or starting things on a high no, note. No, trips are so revealing because you lose all yeah. of your creature comforts, especially camping. Camping is the most, it's like, um, yeah. that's the most revealing type of trip you can take with anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I Brand. have, uh, yeah, I feel like I have a under a handful of moments like that Allie, <laughs> that I don't want to really talk about. Uh, you don't need to. Don't okay, feel like you great. need to but, either. But yeah, so you can I just have a be like, of yes. scenarios that are exactly like that, <laughs> that, that I don't, don't want to discuss. But I will say that I have gone on a camping trip at, with my brother-in-law and mm-hmm. um, I, I like enjoyed his company a lot more after that. So like, oh, uh, so like if, so it is a little similar huge. to like uh, Seth Rogen liking Paul uh, Rudd a lot more after yeah. they have this bonding. There was a, there was a, a camping trip that I went on and my brother-in-law was there. And then uh, I feel like we bonded a lot more and now like we like each other a lot more. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's, oh, that, yeah, that's very much like the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same to Greg. None that I want to share. <laughs> I, I, um, I do think trips are like extremely revealing just oh, yeah. like for any sort of situation, just personally, you know, I think you lose all of your creature comforts and you're like not in your normal context and you lose all of that. So yeah, I think they could be very sink or swim. Um, and I would say, yeah, uh, don't know. I don't want to say anything. Um, let me think. Let me think. Um, Remember when we went on a trip, Mia? And we went oh, to Yosemite? Yes. And then, and then with some friends and we all got in a fight. And here's the thing. We all loved each other so much, but it was just like, um, but yeah, I mean, it just, uh, you know, trips are revealing. And we had, you know, we as uh, a group of friends had some really lovely conversations where we communicated a lot and, and we eventually, you know, um, uh, learned so much more about each other. Yeah, and Mia's having a little bit of technical difficulties, but um, uh, her mic's not working. But I'll I'll speak for her and say um, that yeah, she remembers that trip and um, that I was right in the argument and she was wrong, and that she's really she feels really really sorry, um, and I forgive her because I'm you know. Um, I'm a big person like that. Um, <laughs> um, and on that note, unfortunately, you guys, that's the end of the pod. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. We're It was such a blast. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Now, Greg, do you have any social media, things to promote, or important romance advice for our listeners? <laughs> oh, yeah. Me, I'm, uh, I'm full of important romance <laughs> advice for your listeners. <laughs> Uh, no, um, and no, I, I don't, I don't have anything to promote. I mean, you could Google my name if you want to find something about me. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I had fun being on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Yay. And if you listeners are curious, uh, Greg does have an incredible photography Insta that I'm obsessed with and you should check out. I think it's at Greg Wawa Photography. Is that right? Did I nail it? 
You're forcing me to promote. Right. It, I'll do it. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's Greggy Wawa. Uh, Greggy yeah, Wawa. Yeah, Greggy Wawa Photography. Um, I know. I'm I'm Greg's PR person. He hasn't hired me yet, but he will. Um, and scroll yeah. through till you find uh, yours truly and Allie somewhere buried in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, if you want to see some beautiful photos of us, uh, go on that Insta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. Allie's having technical difficulties, but she says, <laughs> and P.S. Actually, Greg, will you do it? And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, listeners of PSI Love Rom-Coms. Are you ready for a promo? My name is Muriel, and I love true crime. I'm Nick, and I am not a fan of true crime. Every week on our new podcast, Muriel's Murders, I handpick a real-life crime story that I think will blow Nick's mind. Muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories, and boy, they are a lot. Some of them are famous. Some of them are weirdly under the radar, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. How does that make you feel, Nikki? Nervous. Are you ready to hear a story? No. Too bad. Here comes Muriel's Murders. So join us every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, and check out the original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Campfire.